This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 214-inch. On this episode, we conclude our interview with the award-winning director and co-writer of Weird, the Al Yankovic story, Eric Appel. It's Dave and Ethan's 2008-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2008-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hello, Ethan. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode Dave, number... Dave, Dave, What? What? Calm down. What? It came! It came! What came? Weird the El Yankovic story on 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and Blu-ray! Yeah, mine came also. Well, aren't you excited? Yes, I'm very excited. For December 12th, when it is officially released, and I can watch it. What? You don't have to wait. You just watch it now, Dave. Who do you think I am? Some kind of hooligan? I would never, never disrespect Weird Al and our guest this episode, Eric Appel, our very own director, by the way, by watching it early. I don't think it's disrespectful to watch it early. You know, you Are can you di- kidding me, Ethan? All the hard work that they put into making this film, and you think it's okay to watch the Blu-ray before the release date. That is that is despicable. The nerve. You know, I, I'm actually feeling quite ill just hearing you say this. Dave? Yes? Be real with me for a second, okay? Okay. You don't have a Blu-ray player, do you? I do not. And that's the real reason why you haven't watched it early. That is correct. Well, Dave, let me just tell you, the commentary, deleted and extended scenes, and the other bonus features are pretty stinking majestic. Okay, okay, how about this, Ethan? Once it officially comes out on December 12th, we can talk about all the fun stuff. Yeah, that's fair, but can I just tell you one little spoiler? No. But you'll really like it! Uh, okay, just one, but I get to decide what. Uh, okay. Alright, what do they make at the factory? Sorry, Dave, I can't tell you. You're just gonna have to ask the director and co-writer of the film himself later this episode. Okay, fine, I will. Alright, let's check out what's happening in Weird Al-related news. Many Weird Al fans who listen to his music on Spotify got a nice surprise during their yearly wrap-ups as Weird Al recorded a video message for those who listened to his music in 2023 on Spotify. In the video, which has since gone viral and been picked up by various news outlets, he jokingly reports he made about $12 from his music having 18 million streams, which is enough to buy a nice sandwich. Surprisingly, Weird Al was not the top Spotify artist for Dave or me, but that's because we don't have Spotify accounts. And without Spotify accounts? We just have to settle for owning every single Weird Al song in every possible format that it has ever been released in. Weird Al appeared on Block's podcast with Neil Brennan last week, and during the interview, Al brought up a memory he says he was reminded of from a podcast he listened to recently. Al then went on to tell a brief version of the story Dan Butts told us about the typo on one of the cue cards in the Bob video. Al didn't mention the podcast he heard it on by name, but considering our interview with Dan Butts was the first and only place that story has ever been told, we can quite confidently say that Weird Al was referring to 
this podcast. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast. Congratulations to all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast for the shout out. Also in inferior podcast news, Greg Hess of the award-winning comedy podcast Mega the Podcast posted a photo with Weird Al last week on Instagram. While it hasn't been confirmed that Al recorded for their podcast, the photo was posted with the caption, We Got Weird. Collector alert! A new version of Comedy Bang Bang the Book has been released that features New York Times bestseller printed on the front. We have heard that some locations of Barnes and Barnes and Noble are selling signed copies of the book, and along with Scott Aukerman, each copy has been signed by an additional few regulars from the show at random. And some people have reported finding copies signed by Weird Al himself, but that appears to be quite a rare find. If you happen to be one of those lucky people who find one signed by Weird Al, definitely let us know. This coming Saturday, December 9th, Weird Al will be taking part in the Brain, Body, and Soul Fest, a first-of-its-kind non-profit music telethon in the Metaverse. The event, which runs from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Hollywood Star Time, hopes to empower those affected by brain injuries through the power of music and raise funds towards providing support, resources, and hope to those affected by aneurysms and AVMs. While we don't know what time it will be airing, we were told that Weird Al will be performing as part of a pre-recorded segment. To register for the free event, donate, and learn more, head over to brainbodyandsoulfest.com. Weird Al's online merch shop just got an update with brand new merchandise added. Well, new merchandise compared to what was there. The shop now includes a few items from the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised vanity tour, including the Hawaiian shirt, tumbler, water bottle, and two black tour shirts. To celebrate, they have a sale going on right now where you can get 25% off everything in the store. There's no announced end date for the sale, and while we aren't sure what the trigger is, some people have even reported getting free shipping with their larger orders. Nice! This episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla, Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, and Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquared.com and WizardBurger.com and order ahead. And now it's time for What's Happening in Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West-related news! Kimo's annual holiday livestream is scheduled for Sunday, December 17th at 4 p.m. Hollywood Star Time, 7 p.m. Burrito Burrito Time. Following tradition, he'll be performing holiday classics from both of his Christmas albums, as well as several other holiday classics and other surprises. Afterwards, he will spend personal time in the virtual backstage to talk and share stories with those who attend. Tickets are only 15 bucks or free for all Chemo Corner members. Tickets are available right now over at jimchemowest.com. Kimo is also offering a holiday sale with 20% off of all his music, tabs, merchandise, and more. In addition to all the great stuff already there, he'll also be offering a deluxe box set in the next few days. All 12 of his CDs in a beautiful holiday gift box. 
Just make sure you get all your orders in before December 26th, as that's when the sale ends. And finally, for those of you in California, Kimo will be performing some holiday shows this December, including in San Pedro, Covina, and Fullerton. For tickets and information, head over to jimkimowest.com. All right, let's check out what's happening in Dave Neath's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast-related news. Our Patreon family likely noticed that yesterday we released a very special secret episode exclusively for them over at patreon.com slash 2000inch. That's right. On the last episode, we spoke to the co-producer of Gutenberg the Musical and friend of the podcast, Jeremy Ween, about Al's role in the Broadway play. We couldn't air our entire conversation with Jeremy, so we turned it into a secret episode. To hear our full conversation with Jeremy, as well as all of our other secret episodes, and to get early access to each and every bonus episode that we will ever release, including the remaining ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes once they drop, as well as other fun goodies, head on over to patreon.com slash 2000 inch and sign up. And now it's time for the very first What's Happening in Dave Elvis Rossi Related News! Last Thursday, November 30th, our very own Dave Elvis Rossi celebrated the 27th anniversary of getting his first Weird Al tattoo. <laughs> That's right. Weird Al signed my ankle at an event at the Roosevelt Field Mall in Long Island, New York. And I went and I got it tattooed minutes later in the parking lot by a large Albanian woman with excruciatingly severe body odor. Wow, I never heard the extended version of that story before. So that was your very first Weird Al tattoo. And as I understand, you then went on to get Al's portrait, as well as signatures and portraits for Bermuda, Jim, and Steve. Now, Dave, everyone wants to know, when are yeah, you yeah, getting... Yeah. when am I getting Ruben's tattoo? Well, guess what? Not gonna happen. No, 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 not Ruben. Pfft, why would you do that? When are you getting a tattoo of my face? Oh, I already got one of those. I didn't show you. Here, let me show you. It's right here on my... No, moving on, moving on. On the last episode, we aired the second part of our interview with Weird the Al Yankovic Story director and co-writer, Eric Appel. Let's pick up the interview where we left off last episode, already in progress. There were so many stressful moments. I look back with such rose-colored glasses because all I can think about is like the reception <laughs> right. that the movie got right. and like right. uh you know, I, just how happy I am with it and and that that whole experience I sort of block out like the the really crazy frustrating experiences which one was the Pablo Escobar day. That was again one day we had to shoot that entire uh Escobar sequence. Um and we also were like maybe going a little over budget or getting a little close to going over budget. So it was one of those days where they said, okay, look, hey, we have to wrap in in 10, in 11 hours instead of 12 hours today. But you're counting lunch, so that means I only have 10 hours of shooting that day. So I had to shoot that entire Escobar thing in 10 Holy hours. Crap. Squibs <laughs> going off. There's explosions. There's like gun, th like, you know, it was <laughs> complicated. There's music and... Um, and again, like, no, you know, we didn't really have rehearsals. I met Arturo Castro that day. That was the first time I met him. It was like when he walked on set and I saw him as Pablo. Um, so, uh, 
it's the it's the very end of the day and we're shooting Evan um we're shooting Madonna uh giving her big speech to him uh where she says that it's just business and yeah. you know she was she was just using him and uh, so I get my my close up you know close close shot of it my medium shot I guess and we run through the whole scene and she fires the gun now at the end of that scene after she fires the gun and she's crying, there's a little moment we trimmed out in the edit, which is she does this like kind of the same dance that Olivia Wilde does in the trailer where she like <laughs> does like the scissor fingers and kind of goes over her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so she like does that. Or I think, no, Evan was like voguing. She was voguing and crying. <laughs> I love it. And, and, and she like falls down to the ground. It was just like a little too silly to go out on. Um, since we then had to go to like Daniel walking through the jungle. Um, but she goes down to the ground. Now we were moving so fast at that point, trying to finish this day in 10 hours that we hadn't cleaned up the fake blood that was on the table. So when she came up, when she stood back up, I walked in to give her a couple notes. Like, let's try another one. Her performance was amazing, but I'm like, I honestly, I was like, we got it. That performance was perfect. Let's we'll try a couple more things to go one more time. I walked up and she had fake blood in her wig, like a big pile of fake blood in her wig. Oh no. And we were like, oh no, there's fake blood. And then the hair people are like, that's it. That's a wrap on that wig for the day. It's gonna take hours to get that out. Oh no. And it was like, no, I only have one take. I have one take of Evan (laughs) doing this whole big long speech. I mean, it's a testament to like what a fantastic actress she is. Sure incredible that she did nail up because everything you see there is from that one take everything's in the cut um we dabbed it you know we we got most of blotted most of the uh red out it kind of just looked pink and then i moved camera back and i did another take like back further a little wider over daniel's shoulder where you can't really tell what's going on but Hmm. um but oh my goodness what a stressful experience that was (laughs) every day had a moment like that. What happened on our day? There's the. Oh, I don't know if this is what you're going to say, but there was like a beer keg oh, exploded. I, I know. Ex- yes. Oh my goodness. Somebody leaned on. It was Aaron. It was our. It was our on-set photographer. I felt so bad for him actually. Um, he leaned on a beer tap, and there was like, I mean, it should have just. He was like getting a photo of Dot Marie Jones as Mama Bear, <laughs> and uh, and he leaned on this beer tap, and the beer should have just went straight down, but there was like something leaning up against that, and it just sprayed beer all oh. over the camera. Oh no! And it like ruined one of the lenses. We lost our 60 oh, millimeter no. lens. Oh wow! So like, so if we had to use a 60 mil for the rest of the shoot, um, we realized it was messed up the next day when we shot Madonna, uh, the first Madonna day. It was like, why does this stuff from the 60 mil look all cloudy? Like it's kind of a cool look, but it's not matching the other lenses. Right. <laughs> and oh, it's man. like, oh yeah, because so much beer, because it has to get like professionally cleaned now. Oh wow. Um, yeah, so that was uh, that was really stressful. That that's why I didn't get the close ups. I think that set oh, us back. Okay. Good, like okay. that probably yes. set us back thirty minutes, and it's why I, I wasn't able to get any close ups of the performance at the end. Um, but that's it. I mean, the, well, that, the the 
things like that happen. You never know what's going to happen. You got to be able to pivot. That's the hardest thing about directing. I mean, that's the skill set that you need, I think, to be a good director is to be able to just like pivot on your feet and figure out like, okay, we're not going to be able to do what I wanted to do. (laughs) How are we going to be able to still make it great? And sometimes it ends up better than you ever thought it was going to be just because everyone has to be firing all cylinders Mm -hmm. on all cylinders and like everyone's got to be working so hard to get it in the time that you have to get it. It's, uh, it's crazy. It's like, it's like being a professional athlete (laughs) at times, you know, (laughs) it's like the team has to all be like working together. Uh, you know, we have to be like the, the 98 Chicago bulls or something out there. (laughs) Wait, there was something else that, 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 let me just think about that beer thing. Reminded me. I feel like I have another story about a crazy thing that happened during (laughs) another day. Um, Oh, you know what? Actually, no. Every day, the day that that Toby Huss beat up Thomas Lennon was another day (laughs) that was just uh, like right down to the wire. The last thing we were doing was the fight at the end of the day. And we were just like... (laughs) Uh, I mean, rolling around on the floor, we went handheld with the camera. It was just like so stressful. Like, uh, yeah, getting him to, <laughs> to beat Tom up, and you know, because we're like, we're gonna trash the room a little bit. We got to smash that chair, and there's continuity things that we have to be aware of, and the frame has to break, and all this stuff. Um, yeah, where where it was just so run and gun. Oh, um, yeah, trying wow. to get that to look right, and making sure that Toby. You know, Toby's wearing this black glove on his hand. He has a wooden hand underneath there. He's supposed to. And, uh, you know, we have to keep saying, oh, Toby, you bent your fingers a little bit. You can't bend your fingers. It's like... There were so many moments where Al and I were, like, trying to blame each other for who wrote the wooden hand. We're like, who wrote this hand in here again? <laughs> why, why did we do this to ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> I think that isn't there. There's a character in Young Frankenstein that has that like wooden hand that he's constantly like turning. Right? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's some character in something that's black and white that has a uh, that has like a false hand that he gets a lot of mileage out of. Yeah, I'm not sure what movie you were talking about there, Eric, but it does remind me of the character in UHF, Big Louie, who has a hand that <laughs> screws off and changes. Chops the, right. chops the meat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's from that. So Al taking from Al. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, you touched on this a little bit, Eric, but what was it like to be not only on the set with Al, but directing a movie about him as well as directing him as Tony Scotty in the same room as Daniel Radcliffe, who was playing Weird Al? (laughs) (laughs) That's a fantastic question. There are so many layers. (laughs) I mean, each one of them, I think, adds a level of crazy to it, right? Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah, like, like directing the Weird Al movie is one thing. Directing it having written it with Al and Al is there, but Al's in the scene, but there's another (laughs) Al that's not Al. Um, You know, it was a little confusing when I would say Al, Al does this, Al, I, you know, that's actually the, 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 um, that, that was actually a really confusing thing for me when writing the movie with Al or discussing things that would happen to the character is that, 
referring to the character as Al to Al, I would always slip up. Like there were times where I would say you instead of saying, but like I'm not talking about him because it's not him. It's a movie character version of him that's doing things that he never actually did in his own real life. Right, right. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm like, oh, Al, yeah, There's. I, how about this part where you, uh, you know, you're wearing these medallions it, it, I don't know. It feels more natural to say, but I'm but I'm not talking about. He's not going to play himself. It's, it was just very weird. It was always a really confusing in which way I would speak about that character to him. When we were in <laughs> when we were in editing, um, we used to call uh, we'd call him Al Senior when he was in the scene with Dan. <laughs> Because I would say, like, Al Al should do this, and Jamie would go, Al Jr. or Al Sr.? And I'm like, Al Sr. <laughs> Which is really fun. I mean, I guess we could have just said Tony. <laughs> Tony Scott. <Al>. Right. <laughs> no, but you'd still be confused, because if you said Al, then you'd still have to... You know, clarify. Yeah, because I only I only call him Tony on one day on you know the day that he played, two days he played Tony. Um, but it was really fun. It was yeah, it was really it was fun. Uh, it was just really fun getting to direct Al too. You know, <laughs> to direct Al reacting to someone making fun of him for his looks. You know, like that was just such a. <laughs> That was such a great part of the movie. Great line. It's, it's so... <laughs> it's it, yeah, it's, it, it, it was so funny. You, you make me want to throw up. Will Forte made me laugh so hard. Oh He's my like, gosh. Oh, the greatest. Like, I was so happy he did that. And then every, every line, you know, you write something, but then when Will Forte says it, it's like, yes, Will Forte's saying it in the Will Forte-specific way that he says things. And it's elevating my stupid words uh, to a place where I never could have brought it myself. So thank you, Will Forte. I've been wondering since the first time I saw the film, the song Amazing Grapes. I have a couple questions. Did Al write the lyrics to Amazing Grapes? And was there any consideration for Al's voice to come out when youngest Al was singing that at the dinner table? Okay, so that's... um... That's very funny. I <laughs> I wish that we used that. That would be funny. If we used <laughs> oh my goodness! It, it, that was one of those like too early in the movie to use it. Like uh, that would have been too. It would have thrown everyone. Um, who wrote the lyrics to Amazing Grapes? I may have wrote, written Amazing Grapes. Okay, I'm not sure though. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> was there any consideration of putting that on the soundtrack as well as uh, Arturo's uh, version of Ricky? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Those might have, we might have had, uh, I mean, Al really handled all the soundtrack stuff himself. So, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember if, if that was ever in the soundtrack or not. <laughs> well, they were glaring omissions. <laughs> yeah, that was a late... I, I remember very late in the game, we decided to put a little musical accompaniment behind that Amazing Grapes part. Because um, for the longest time, it was just acapella. And we were like, oh, it feels like more emotional if we, if we put a little, bit, a little bit of music behind it. <laughs> and there was something that with the music, too, that's where the time... <laughs> 
It's funny when you're mixing a movie, you realize all these things, uh, like little timing things. Like Toby turns his head to the beat of the music. He like looks one way and then like looks the other way during that. <laughs> I don't know. Go back and watch that Amazing Grace part. There's like a when the music changes, it's it's synced up with like a look oh, from that's someone great. and just just accidentally. <laughs> There's also if you watch uh, when it goes into uh, Amish Paradise at the end. Of this this we laughed so hard about when we were mixing the movie. Um. When when the parents are talking over each other as it's transitioning into Amish Paradise, yeah, the last line of dialogue from Toby sounds like he's rapping it. <laughs> now that I've said it, it go listen to okay. it. It sounds it's like or something like that. You know, like the the pattern of it, like syncs up with the beat of Amish Paradise. Um, and we just like we were howling when we were oh, mixing the movie. We just kept joking about it. And I'll never unhear. It. It's one of those things you hear it. And you never right. hear it. Oh, I can't wait to listen. Now, one thing that has come up in interviews somewhere that I'd love for you to expand on is that at one point there was a a multiverse consideration for the film. What what can you tell us about that? (laughs) Oh, that was just the, um, yeah, that was an idea when we were just kind of brainstorming, like, how crazy do we want the movie (laughs) to go (laughs) and i think i uh you know multiverses were hot i mean maybe we were a little ahead of our time this is probably before like spider-verse even came out right (laughs) when we first started talking about it um but uh yeah i liked the idea of there being like other uh other al or like he's in a one timeline collapses and he has to go to another universe and like <laughs> he has to like kill himself and replace himself. <laughs> That's kind of a funny idea. You know, like the ba- the bad thing happens and he's like, oh, I'll just go take over for another <laughs> unsuspecting Al in another universe and everything will be good again. Except for him, he'll die. Right. <laughs> well, that that could be how we get a sequel. A different Al yeah, comes okay. in. It could be. Into the Alverse. Uh, multiverse is like so played now. Like South Park did that into right. the Panderverse right. thing. That's like all oh, yeah. about how multiverse is overused. And it's like, uh oh, all right. <laughs> Ethan and I are collectors, and of course we kept all of the stuff that we were allowed to keep that we wore that day, and I'll admit, I even picked up a piece of popcorn off the <laughs> a bar floor, and I have that in my collection. I love that. Did you get to keep anything from the film? Yes, I have uh, I have a few things. I have the, um, I have the Hay Boy, most <laughs> Is there more than one Hay Boy, or was the same one dressed differently for the two? No, there was one one Hay Boy dressed differently. There was a <laughs> pair of glasses for the Hay Boy that I don't have. Oh, those never made it into the movie, I don't think, the glasses. They made, like, glasses out of straw <laughs> and a straw mustache that were, like, on that... <laughs> That, that oh were like God. on the Hey Boy decoy um, in in uh, in the jungle, but but I removed them because I was like, it's it, like I, I you don't need to put anything on the face of the Hey Boy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I, I I thought it was funny. I don't know. Maybe it would have been better with the glasses. Who knows? Um, so I have that. I have the gold 
um, Al Bust, the one that uh, did not break. We made two of those. We made a smashed one and then one that remained intact. Oh, cool. Um, Dan, Dan Butts gave oh, me awesome. the intact one, <laughs> and he, he and he mounted it, and he put a little, like, placard on there. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, my oh, God. Inscribed, <laughs> yeah. Bust of Weird Al presented to direct <laughs> Eric Appel, director of Weird, Weird Al Yankovic Story. Um, I have, uh, yeah, so I have that. I have a shirt this was not in the movie but i have a a real deal hawaiian shirt of weird owls from the 1980s that he gave whoa on the day that on the day that we wrapped he said uh this was one of my favorite shirts uh uh you know from from back then and i thought you might want it and then he showed me a picture where he's like on mtv i think it's an interview i think it looks like the um it looks like the alapalooza era uh, he's wearing it on MTV. Um, in That's incredible. Which is amazing. Yeah. Oh. So I have that. I have like my little Weird Al shrine here in my <laughs> office now with all this stuff. Um, uh, yeah. I got a couple other things. I got an accordion. I got the Amish sketchbook. Oh, cool. Um, oh, incredible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I'm going to use them probably to open my own themed restaurant at some point. You know? <laughs> well, if you need the popcorn we saved, let us know. We're, we yeah, can put what? it on loan. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. You have to put like that single piece of popcorn behind glass. It has to be like in a little, in, like, a little box, like popcorn from Weird, Weird the Al Yankovic sir. You know, since we're talking about the popcorn in that scene, there's something that kind of has <laughs> been a, a joke for Dave and I, and, and that's leading up to actually being the background actors. We received no less than maybe five emails saying, please let us know if you have a peanut allergy. There will be peanuts used in the scene. You know, there will be peanuts everywhere. You, you need to let us know. And then there were no peanuts. And we're like, we were ready for peanuts. There was popcorn. There was bread. There was no peanuts. Do you have an what? answer? You don't even know about this? I mean, I, I, um, oh, wow. Hold on. Let me look. Let me look in my, uh, <laughs> let's see. Let me just look at my email. I'll look for weird and peanuts. Um, oh, I don't know. I think that, uh, I mean, I think that we were we had discussed the bar. It's the kind of bar where they have pe- where like there's peanut shells all over the floor. Okay, right. Um, and I think and I think that we were um, just looking for things that were going to get thrown. Like we needed it to be a bar that had stuff people could throw at the band and and. Uh, you know, when, when the fight starts and there's all this mayhem, we wanted like bottles, <laughs> right? You know, and I think, I think peanut shells were just going to add a little bit of texture, uh, to the scene. And, and they must've just replaced that with popcorn. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe enough people were like not down with peanuts that responded to that email. I don't know. <laughs> um, oh, that is here. There's a thing that, um, that we couldn't uh, shoot for production and budget reasons is that there was also going to be a chicken that flies by (laughs) in that scene. Yeah. Like everyone's throwing, like as soon as the melee starts and everyone starts throwing stuff at the band, like a chicken flies through the frame. Oh, amazing. (laughs) 
Which is like very, like, this smells like Nirvana has a chicken fly through for <laughs> right. it, I think. Yeah. It, does, it was very special. Because, like, that's the, and it's funny that, like, I th- I'm sure that I put the chicken in the script. And Al was just like, yep. And, and, I, and I don't know if, like, and I don't know if I put the chicken in the script because in the back of my head, I remember it from the Smells Like Nirvana video where I think a chicken flies by. <laughs> Um, or if that's just like a thing, right? Like a trope. Yeah, and a chicken flies by. There's like mayhem. It's a trope of like I don't know what, like cartoons. Like it's it's just like a it's like a very weird specific thing that like a bar this a chicken would be in this bar. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, there's like cockfights that go on somewhere in this bar. I think it just like adds a sense of like something's not go- right here. There's like some level of illegal activity going on means there's like a chicken in there. Now, Eric, our understanding is that there was a line in the film referencing Michael Jackson that had to be cut at the last minute. And I would love to hear what you don't have to say what the line was, but how did Michael Jackson's estate even know about it? Did they get a cut of the film or an approval on the film? You know, it's very, it's similar to the, another one rides the bus, uh, story where they like, we had to get permission to use the melody from beat it. Um, you know, just to have eat it in the movie. And, with with most other people, like we got these clearances done early on in the process before um, before the movie was made, so we can make any changes. Mm-hmm. For this Michael Jackson one, it was like the week before the movie was premiering in Toronto, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I get we get this terrible email. Oh no! And it's like so, um, you know, the Michael Jackson people like want to. Um, you know, they said we could use the song before, but now they're asking to like see the script and they want to know every re- reference to Michael Jackson in the movie. Oh, and, no. like, <laughs> and we're like, oh my God, what? The movie comes out in a week. <laughs> and uh, like, what are we going to do? We have to use the song. And, and I mean, I was nervous that they were going to, that they like weren't going to like the way that we were like disparaging Michael Jackson even in just saying that like he's kind of a villain in this story to Al you know that like he's ripped Al off I'm like oh no are they not going to see the humor in this are they going to you know are they not going to let us put this song in the movie because they don't want him to be seen in any kind of negative light at all just Uh, the way that the the Freddie Mercury people um, were right and it turns out uh, they were cool about everything except for one line at the end of the scene, <laughs> um, and it was uh, it was a line of dialogue um, at the end of the scene when Dan says, "Great, now I'm going to be associated with Michael Jackson for the rest of my life." And Al says, "You know, I don't see how that's so bad. He's the you know most famous entertainer in the world." and that's where we cut it off in the movie that everyone yeah. saw. <laughs> um, the line continues after that. And I will say that it is like, I don't think it's that bad. And it's 
it's uh it's about something that everyone knows about (laughs) it's about kind of a famous thing um and i'm not talking about his hair getting lit on fire during a pepsi commercial (laughs) Um, Ah, well i think we'll let our uh listeners use their imagination on that one thank you for sharing that That is so cool so that sounds so funny will that be on the blu-ray do you think eric uh, that unfortunately will not okay. be ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> not that it's even that bad, but it but it but it won't be on the Blu-ray. What can okay. you tell us about the the Blu-ray and what we can expect from the commentary? There's some expen- there's some extended scenes. I think there's some other things that haven't been announced yet, but it's coming out very soon. Um, it is coming out very soon. I'm I'm super excited about it. I've I I've never done a, a commentary track for anything. Uh, Al and I did did the commentary together. It was very fun. Um, <laughs> I can imagine tell a lot of great stories and uh, uh, there's a, there's a lot of fun little tidbits in there. I think some maybe I talked about here today, but some uh, uh, but a ton that obviously I did not. Um, it's a little overwhelming doing a commentary. It's like everything goes by so fast. You just want to keep talking and telling stories. Like I could talk right. for five hours about, you know, <laughs> right. like I, we could watch a scene and then I can do like an hour on that scene and tell you everything about the scene, you know? Well, um, here's the pitch, Eric. Get get Al, come back to Dave and I, and we will do that. Because we kind of did that with Dan Butts. I don't think we intended to. But when we had him on the podcast, we ended up going scene by scene and he gave us so much incredible oh. knowledge and tidbits about the film that I don't think anyone would ever expect to they would get to hear and it was just incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's if you guys at some point want to do like yeah, a series <laughs> where it's like scene yeah, scene by scene, an episode where we talk we just talk about a scene. That would be so cool. <laughs> I I, oh, I would be down be with that. Awesome. I mean, I have, I have a lot of memories <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Thing. Um uh, but let's see. Then, yeah, then there's a bunch of extended scenes, um, a bunch of extended scenes, and Al and I shot intros for all of those. Cool. Oh, nice. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so we shot on-camera intros for those, which was really fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just some random other little tidbits, um, you know, an interview from TIFF, uh, mm-hmm. trailers, um, not the original trailer, unfortunately, the Funny or Die one, although everyone knows where to find that. Right, right. Um yeah. And uh, yeah, just like a bunch of little promotional things and a little featurette Roku had made um, prior to the movie coming out. But I think the big, uh, the most exciting things are um, it's going to have a Dolby Atmos mix. Nice. Which is very cool. Nice. Um, it's going to, uh, and it's going to have those deleted and extended scenes and the commentary track is is like the real exciting do you guys talk about anyone in particular when it comes to the tough biker scene in the commentary? Um, oh, you'll just you'll have to wait and see. I think we talk about a couple of <laughs> okay. a couple of okay. people in that okay. scene specifically. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's fun. I can't I I I, I can't wait to listen to it myself. <laughs> I can't wait. In the deleted scenes or the extended scenes, are there any extended or deleted scenes from the biker bar? I believe so. Yes, yes. Um yeah, there was the there was an ending on that scene where uh where everyone run runs out of the bar. 
Uh, so we put that ending on. Oh, that's cool. One of, that's one of our extended scenes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there was definitely yeah. more of Skunk Barf at the beginning. Do you, do we get a little extension of, of them and in, in the fight and stuff? Um, no, it's not like we didn't we didn't put like an entire scene just to have like a little <laughs> tiny extra. <laughs> Oh man! Like we, <laughs> we, we. I think we we feature some of the scenes that have like bigger chunks that were taken out. You know, a thirty second chunk, a one minute chunk, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then there's a montage of uh, deleted stuff, like uh, sort of the kitchen sink. You know, oh nice. There's a bunch of uh, like a clip package. Oh, of just awesome. here's a bunch of other little oh. stuff out of context and. Um, it almost works like a gag reel, you know, right? Because it's just like I love that kind of rapid fire, um, rapid fire things. Yeah, it's. I want to say it's maybe like twenty minutes of of content. Wow! Look at it all. Wow, that's more than I was wow. expecting. That's amazing. Maybe some, something like that. Don't quote me. Okay, okay. <laughs> or, or do or do quote we me on it. People are listening. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> incredible. So I wanted to talk about the world premiere at TIFF. And I have a couple questions surrounding it. Answer however many or any you want. First, I want to ask, was that the first time anyone had seen the film? Or were there test screenings, you know, from Roku or anything? And then the other question is, you know, that night during the Q&A is when the idea of a Yankovic cut came up. Can we ever expect to see a Yankovic cut? Does there anything exist? (laughs) Um, so to answer the Yankovic cut question, no, we, we discussed it, maybe doing it, uh, uh, when we put out the Blu-ray doing a two disc and having one being, uh, having like all the extra stuff in it and calling that the Yankovic cut. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we decided not to, I don't think there's really like enough or, or, you know what, it would have just been, it it costs money to remix a movie again and do all that stuff. Yeah. So I think that what, by, by just putting deleted scenes or extended scenes, um, you know, we can kind of just put them on as is like, they don't need like a big, huge mix or anything. Right. You're, you're just trying to get the, you know, you watch most deleted scenes on movies and there's time code. Right. Right. You know, um, as for test screenings, we did not have any test screenings, Toronto was the first time wow. uh, oh, that any, wow. anyone had seen the movie. I showed the movie to – that was actually – that was the first time anyone had seen the movie finished. Like um, Colin Davis from Roku came to the mixing stage on our the day of our final mix, and like that was the final, final product. Watch that with mm-hmm. us. Um, but there was no audience there other than like just – us you right know? people and that was even them. just to give final notes on the mix like i think I, we emailed some notes <laughs> in afterwards like can you bring the volume up on this a little bit <laughs> down on that a little bit um it's so hard to not tinker just forever um so uh i had maybe one two three four i showed the movie to five friends um over the course of editing it so the first cut I showed to, to uh, my friend Blaze Hemingway. He's a screenwriter. He was um, just working at Pixar for the last year or so. Um, he saw a cut of the movie. He gave me a note that I took to make the to make the um, the Oprah scene a little more uh, montagey. Hmm. 
you know, he was like, I feel like we need to see like Al climbing the charts. And so, cause that Oprah scene really was just like a clit, a section of Oprah. And then we treated it as more of like a little fun montage where you see him raising, you know, going up the charts and stuff like that wasn't in there. That came from my friend's note from watching it that day. Um, Awesome. And then I showed it to another friend of mine, uh, maybe a week later. Um, He didn't really have any notes. He just liked it. And then I, and then I had uh, three friends come in when we were very close to finishing it before we were delivering like the final locking picture. I had them, come in and watch it. Other than that, no one had seen it. I was so nervous in Toronto. Um, (laughs) Just, I mean, you know, I didn't know how it was going to play in front of an audience. There was a lot, and there were so many expectations, and it was like night one, and it was the first time Tiff had been in person in a couple of years. (laughs) And like, it was just... You know, that theater was gigantic, and people were so excited, and... and, uh, uh, you know, Al, Al and I sat next to each other and uh, we're just so pleasantly surprised. Al actually recorded the audio of the audience on his phone. Oh. And uh, so I have that. He shared that with me. I have it on my computer so I can go back and uh, if I'm ever feeling blue, I can just listen to the Toronto International Film <laughs> Festival laughing at my movie. Um, but yeah, pretty. It was pretty, pretty insane that that was the first time anyone had ever seen it. We felt really, we were really put at ease after that moment. I love it. All right, Eric, thank you so much for joining us. You've shared so much with us. This has been incredible. I do have uh, one final question for you, and I know that our listeners and our fans of Weird the Yankovic Story have been wondering this, and you might have some insider knowledge on it. Uh, but if you had to guess, what do you think that they make at the factory? Oh, my goodness. There's an actual answer to this, you know. What? What? Really? <laughs> there, there's a real answer. Yeah, we just do. Do you? I don't know if I should tell you. Do you really want, you really want to know? I, yeah. I, I, th- I kind of like not knowing, but I, 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 I need to know. The curiosity is getting the best of me. We have to know. All right. I hope Al doesn't get mad at me for, for letting the cat out of the bag. But All right. Here's what they make at the factory. <clears throat> that's true that's true that's the answer i love it and was that in the script at any point or uh no it's just something that al said (laughs) so it's the official i think we like thought about putting it we thought about putting it in the script at one point we thought about putting it in the script and we didn't put it in i think it's good that it's not in there and it's just open for interpretation oh i I love that that is yes absolutely that was the right choice yeah but knowing the answer i'm very glad you told us (laughs) yeah it would have been funny if it was it would have been funny if it was accordions that's true (laughs) Oh, that would have been a good. That would have been a good one too. We make accordion keys, right? <laughs> they just make buttons or something, right? Like we make bellows, you know, for accordions. Oh, that's amazing! All right, well, hey, thank oh. you, uh, thank you so oh, much no, for for you. having me back. Yes, I, I hope to be back again soon. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We are thrilled to finally have the U.S. release of Weird the Al Yankovic Story coming to 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray DVD regular Blu-ray on December 12th. We cannot wait to check out the film in all of its glory, but also 
all of the amazing special features. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us these past three episodes, Eric. And thank you for finally letting us and the entire world know what they make at the factory. If you're not already following Eric on Instagram, be sure to check him out at E-R-O-C-K-A-P-P-E-L to see what projects he's working on, what he's up to, and if everyone on his airplane flights are courteous. And be sure to order We're the Al Yankovic Story right now so you can see the film in glorious whatever TV and player you have resolution. Hear the amazing commentary with Eric and Al and check out the extended and alternate scenes. Whoa, that sound means we've got a call on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Take it away, intern Frank. Hello, Dave. Hello, Ethan. It's Jake Larson. Just thought I'd report in. We're up in Muskegon, Michigan, where it is snowing, actually. Came up for a Christmas show tonight, and we ate at a place called Rad Dad's Tacos and Tequila Bar. And I got very excited because um, one of their tacos under the pork listing was the Weird Al, because it has Al Pastor in it. So it has pork, charred pineapple, onions, cheese, shredded cabbage, uh, and some other things, and a grilled corn shell. But, uh, yeah, just had a Weird Al taco. Pretty good. You guys should try it sometime. Come pick me up on your way through. and. We'll head up to northern Michigan. All right. See ya. Well, if it isn't our old friend and rad dad himself, Jay Clarson, thank you for the call about the Weird Al taco you had. And I hope you ordered the Weird Al taco grande. Once he mentioned pork, I knew it wasn't for me, or for Al for that matter. But how did it sound to you, Dave? Well, as a resident meat eater of the podcast, I think it sounds quite good, actually. Pork and charred pineapple on a grilled corn shell. Mmm, yum. You sure you wouldn't get one? Tango KPSR! This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh, beautiful, it's also stone cold. I just visited Minnesota a few weeks ago, and while I wasn't able to discover Darwin, I did take a look at the yearly Minnesota travel guide. Wow, we are really getting a lot of use out of that intro. Yeah, I know. It's like intern Frank got lazy writing the ad. All right, well, let me guess. You're going to tell me you didn't see a single mention of Darwin even on the maps. Yes! And even worse, no mention of discovering anything either. Well, actually, there was an ad for Discover Austin. Oh, we are totally suing them for plagiarizing our ad. I know, right? Wait a minute. Did you say Discover Austin? Yeah. As in... WWE Hall of Famer, the Texas Rattlesnake himself, Stone Cold Steve Austin? Uh, yeah, I guess. That doesn't even make any sense. He's totally associated with Texas, not Minnesota. You can't get much more Texas than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I I thought that was odd. I mean, if they wanted to go with a Hall of Fame wrestler from Minnesota... You really need to look no further than Ravishing Rick Rude. Whoa, Ethan, you're scaring me. Oh, sorry, Dave. I really should have mentioned Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. Who are you and what have you done with Ethan? What? You think it should have been Bob Backlund? Molly Holly? Both also great Hall of Famers from Minnesota. Dave? Dave, where are you going, Dave? 
Well, visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next professional wrestling expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Brito Brito, Wizard Burger, our very own Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend level Patreon supporters, Javier, Kev, Ron, Matt, Zeb, Zach, Blair, Ajax, Gus and Alicia, Adriana, Jake, UH Jeff, Kenneth, Allison, Dana B, Casey, Scotto, and also thanks to Aaron and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence. And now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because you will get to hear that secret episode with Jeremy Ween, and also be the very first to hear our final few remaining brand new Read Dixie Self-Indulgent bonus episodes the instant that they drop. And don't forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. They make great Christmas presents, and all proceeds go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000inch.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rump related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at 2000inch.com or weirdalpodcast.com. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, X, Threads, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, it extends the expiration date of your milk by 7 to 10 days. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official patent-pending 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula, as seen in the Illustrated Al, the songs of Weird Al Yankovic. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call or a text, and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Thank you once again to our incredible guest Erica Pell for joining us this episode and for the past two. Thank you to Dina Chan, Jay Clarson, aka Jake Larson, Gary Schwartz, Claire Walsh, Jeremy Ween, and to the large Albanian woman in the parking lot of Roosevelt Field Mall on the night of November 30th, 1996. Thank you to the Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West for an incredible podcast theme song, and thank you to the 17-time Grammy-nominated Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill, keep listening to Weird Al, and stay cheesy. All right, Ethan, since you've already watched the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray early like the hooligan that you are, can you please let me know something? Wow, sorry, Dave. You said you didn't want any spoilers, so I'm not telling you anything. Ah, come on. It's driving me crazy. 
I've just got to know if they've included a certain something or not. Well, I offered to let you know, but sorry, Dave, you had your chance. I'm not going to spoil it one way or the other if they included extra footage from the day we were on set. No, 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 not that. Animation director Josh Pills won't stop calling me. He wants to know, did they remove the animated armor segment from the physical release? That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 214-inch. Now available in 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Eric, thank you so much. We can check out Weird the Al Yankovic Story on uh, HD... What is it? H, four, it's everywhere. What is it? 4K HD? What is it? <laughs> 4K Ultra HD. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We can check out UHF on 4K. Nope. No. UHF. Oh, my God. UHF. Oh my God. I just looked at. <laughs> Come on, Ethan. I'm blowing it.